school, everybody. We've got a special treat. <laughs> and that's our friend Lawrence Evan, missionary to the gypsies. How many of you, well, I don't know. Do you, do you guys, do the kids that are here, do you know what gypsies are? Mm, yes, no, maybe, maybe, yes. I see some Adam. I, what? Yes, when our men got together the other night, we found out that Adam had watched some reality TV on gypsies. and. Yeah, yeah, so, all right, well, very good, so we're going to give the, so we've got some media, some videos, and some pictures that he's going to show in the morning service in just a little while, Uh, but right now, uh, Brother Evans is going to come, he's going to tell us who he is, for those that don't remember, and what the Lord's been doing, and just to share with us for the next little while, and we got till about 10, 15, but we're so glad that, uh, that you're here with us. I told him yesterday, if you see that picture on his display, it looks very stern and serious, like you're about to get a good talking to. And I'm like, this guy's smiling every time, every time I ever see him. So, haha. <laughs> All right. So we have his mic turned on, and we'll turn it over to. Uh, let's open with prayer together, everybody. Let's pray. Lord, we're so thankful that we can come this morning and just take time to get with each other and. Lord, get around your word, and most importantly, to be in your presence here with your people. So we just pray that you would bless all that we do and say this morning. Please be with this uh, Sunday school time. Help it to speak to our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Good morning to everyone that's here, and happy Lord's Day to you. It's good to be here at one of our supporting churches. We have been supported by you how long, uh, Pastor Eric? And when you when you, you got to think about it, it's been a long time, really. But we're really grateful for all of your support. And most of all, we're grateful for your prayers. We believe prayer moves the hand of God. How many agrees with that? Moves the hand of God. Uh, we are uh, reaching our people, Roma. The proper word for our, our people is Roma, R-O-M-A. Everything else is derogatory. Sagan, Saganeshti, Giftos. And they all mean the same thing, is untouchable and unclean, much like the leopards in the day. And But the least derogatory word in the United States, it's gypsy. And if you look in your Webster's Dictionary, it only means traveler and wanderer. Now, I'm a full-blooded gypsy. I speak the language. Uh, and language is over 1,400 years old. And it's ancient Sanskrit. It's unwritten. You don't find it in your public library. You won't find it anyplace else uh, to learn about it, but we could go anyplace in the world. I've been to 13 countries in Eastern Europe already, and we were able to fraternize with them in our language. We as children are brought up with that language. We don't practice it, we're just brought up with it. And we always wondered, why do we have a second language? But we never put the puzzle together, you know? And eventually, as we grew older, we knew that what kind of culture of people we are and why we have a second language. Now, what's interesting about my language, that uh, we could go any place and start a church in the world. We may not know Slovakian. We may not know Russian. We may not know Italian. But we could speak in our native tongue and start churches, as we did in Romania in 1995. We went to Romania, and we started work amongst the Roma people And we're able to fraternize with them in our gypsy language. And many came to know Christ as their personal Savior. 
Many were baptized. Many were discipled for the glory of the Lord. And now because of that first trip in 1995, we have four churches established in the area of Finca, Romania. It's about 45 minutes south of a, a major city, Aradia. So we're praising the Lord for that. Uh, so when the, we have uh, started also feeding centers in Romania amongst the gypsy people. Gypsies are not given the right to work like you all have. Or even in Romania, uh, if they do anything, it's, it's cleaning the acreage or, or, uh, or picking up uh, potatoes or something like that, which is very minimal and it's not a lot of money. So, in the, so needlessly say that, they, they don't have that much money to buy food. So we started feeding centers for them, and hopefully they do get job opportunities. And you support Sally's Kitchen. And I'm so grateful for you for that, because that's uh, close to my heart, is my wife's kitchen. She passed away this May, that just uh, May 16th. It had been six years since the Lord took her home. And uh, she was the best part of my ministry, was Sally Evans. And I, I miss her dearly. But as we talked about it earlier with someone, it's not goodbye, we'll see you one day, amen? And that's the promise we have for those that are born again. It's not goodbye, but we'll see you one day when our time does come. So we started a feeding center back in 2017, and uh, we feed up to 50 kids a day, gypsy kids a day. And uh, we're excited about to see what God's doing out of that ministry. And because of that feeding center, uh, which I think you'll see a video eventually, we a brand new church was established adjacent to the feeding center. We were meeting in a church that was this size right here, from me to the wall, maybe a few, four, a few more feet wider, and that was it. But could you imagine cramming 40 people in a little place like that? And they were on pews, you know, little picnic chairs setting down, and people standing up. And then people outside the windows, they had four, two windows on each side, kids opening the windows and just listening to the preaching, people in the back doors, bringing their families and sitting on the ground and opening the doors. And this is in October, in October. And it's a little chilly in Romania because they get that cold weather up you, like you guys do. And it gets that cold weather up to them. And I knew right then and there, preacher, we need to build a bigger church. God impressed my heart. A church for them. And uh, lo and behold, in 2018, I believe it was, the church was... Foundation was laid, and the church was completed in the later part of 2000. After I came back from you guys in 18, the church was completed. So we are excited to see what God's doing amongst our people. Now, I was raised in a culture. My wife was a fortune teller. She was a fortune teller. She told crystal balls, uh, red crystal ball, tarot card readings, palmistry. I advise you right now, do not attend a fortune telling place, not unless you're going to witness to them Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, there's no wrong address to bring the gospel. Amen? There is no wrong address to bring the gospel. And uh, these people need Christ. And we were fortune tellers. Mrs. Farah knows all, tells all, sees all. And my wife, I believe without a shadow of doubt, when you involve yourself with the lies of the devil, you open up Pandora's box. And we opened up Pandora's box. And my wife used to hear voices. And uh, someone telling her, tell them this, tell them that, and so forth. And she would tell them things that she heard. And it was right on the target, right on the money. And the people were just amazed, amazed. And I asked my wife one day, and I asked her, I said, Sally, how did you know all these things? Because it was just lucrative, fortune-telling. How did you know all these things? She said, Lawrence, I just kept on hearing voices. 
to tell the person this. But by, by the grace of God, we got saved. We accepted Christ as our Savior. And Sally was saved nine years before me. And uh, her fortune-telling ceased. And, but she was afraid to tell me her fortune-telling ceased because she was afraid that I was going to leave her. I never was going to leave her. There's no way you could leave a precious thing like that. And, uh, but uh, I knew something was going on that after, after a while, she told me she got saved. She accepted Christ as her personal Savior. And one day, a, uh, a young lady came to our office. We were in a college town area in, in Ohio, in uh, uh, Baldwin Wallace College, nearby that college. And uh, we set up there for a reason, uh, to be close to the students. And they wanted to know if they're going to pass their grades and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But a lady came to her, a young girl came to her, about 21, 22 years old. She came on a brand new Seville. And she was Greek. And uh, she comes to my wife, and she tells my wife, Mrs. Farah, that's how she went by her business name, I will give you whatever you want if you could help me get this man. And, of course, that's music to a gypsy's ear when a client comes in and says, right off the get-go, I'll give you whatever you want. Evidently, she had some bucks because she had a brand new Seville. And Sally picked out a track out of her purse and uh, charismatic Pentecostal church. Someone gave her that track. And of course, the Romans Road was in it. And uh, she read that. She said, don't pay attention to the phone numbers on this track. But take this track and read it. It's most important what's inside. And I cannot do nothing for you. Only God can help you. And by the way, you should not want someone else's husband. That's not what God wants. You find your own husband. She gave it a track, and she dismissed her out of the fortune place. And it just started all since then. And one day, a young girl came to me at Baldwin Wallace College, and she gave me a chick track. How many know what a chick track is? And, uh, and I looked at that chick track, and, uh, and I gave her the fortune-telling card. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I said, what am I doing with this? Because I was Greek Orthodox in my religion. And uh, so when I, and I looked at it, she walked away quietly. She walked out of my sight uh, reading my, uh, my fortune-telling card. I'm reading her ch chick track. And, but the seed was planted in my heart. And I just threw that track away after she left. Now, one day I'm going to see that young lady. One day. I believe uh, she was praying for me, preacher. There's no doubt. She was praying for me to get saved. I don't think she was reading the card for some advice. I don't believe so. I love marriage, health, and happiness. I don't believe so. But one day I'm going to see, she was African-American, black young lady. One day I'm going to see her. And I said this before someplace else. There's one person I want to see first is Jesus. Second is my Sally. Third is my mom. And fourth, I don't want to see Moses right away or David. I want to see her that black American young lady, I want to see her. She has no idea what she's done with one chick track. She had no idea that I would leave the fortune telling go. She had no idea that I would get saved. She had no idea me becoming a missionary, reaching my people with the gospel. So I have a lot to tell her, preacher, when I get to heaven. Amen? So, But we're really excited what God's doing amongst our people. Uh, we have Ukrainian people our church in Romania that we started in 1995 has uh, a, a church, 
has purchased two vans from America. They sent the money over, and one of our uh, supporting churches have purchased two vans to bust these gypsies from Romania. Now, a while ago back, when this all started, they tried to leave by train. And I have it on the video, I've seen it. And uh, the gypsy lady said, got, pardon me, it's on now? From Ukraine, yes, from Ukraine. Uh, so the gypsy lady said, we have no place to lay our heads. And when they get to the train depot, the Ukrainian people would not allow them to hop on the train. They tell them there's no room. And they would push them aside. And then the Ukrainian non-gypsies would get on the train. There's no tickets. It's just whoever comes first. And, uh, and the Ukrainians would go. So then uh, our people decided to pick them up. Whatever we could pick up from the, from the, from the borderline of Ukraine and Romania. So uh, several vans already went, picked them up, and you guys have uh, purchased uh, uh, a great deal for them. We appreciate you so much. We're going to be seeing that later also. Where's Brother Ethan at? Is he still here? There you are. So are we going to see anything now, Brother Ethan? Or Okay. And, uh, and to say this, we got another 10 minutes. Our marriages are ranged. We don't date. You all date. We don't date. It's a no-no amongst our gypsy people. We call it, they, the parents call it a lajav. That means an embarrassment for a daughter to date someone else. Uh, and uh, we don't marry outside the culture. We marry inside the culture. And there's a reason why. We want the bloodline to be pure, our culture to be pure, our language to be ongoing, and uh, so my marriage was arranged to Sally uh, when I was 18 years old. We were married since I was 18. Never dated one time in our life. Uh, I, we, we, as kids, we did talk. She popped me in my nose, and I believe it's crooked because of that. Though she, if she was here, she would disagree with that. But my nose is a little slanted right there. And every time I put glasses on, I think about that pop in my nose, you know, and my nose started to bleed. I, 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 think, I think it was a love tap right then and there. I don't know. So, and, uh, so, and then we never talked to each other after eight years old. Ten years transpired. And then my parents and her parents got together, and they said, we want to put Lawrence and Sally together in marriage. And that's what happened. And we were only separated by her death, only by her death. But see, in your culture, I was telling some of the guys, you guys fall in love. You fall in love and you meet a girl, you got, a guy meets a girl and they fall in love and they say, hey, let's get together, let's get married, you know? But in our culture, it's a choice to love. We choose to love. Now, I know you younger teenagers don't like that too much, probably. Your parents choosing your spouses for you, you know? But we don't know any different. That's how we were raised. Matter of fact, that culture comes over 1,400 years ago back from Eastern Europe, that culture. And I'm amazed, preacher, that that has come to America, 21st century America. We, we're a people that is outside your society. We're a group of people that don't uh, do anything else except business. We don't, we, many of gypsies don't vote. Many gypsies uh, uh, don't go to non-gypsy churches. And that's what I find amazing, where it's like much like the Amish people. How many know anything about the Amish people? They're very clannish. We're very clannish people. 
And also, gypsies don't send their kids to school. I'm, I'm, a, I, I, I'm a solicitor for education. I believe in education. We have many young couples that have children, and uh, I believe in that now. Because of the COVID, even the tutoring stopped. And because of the shooting, they have no attention to put their kids in school whatsoever. But I'm a firm believer. They take them out at the third grade, second or third grade. Girls only go just a few months, and that's it. But the boys are allowed to go to the third grade. And then take them out, and simple why. They don't want them to marry your Johns and your Susies. And if they go in school, continue in school, then they're able to marry your Susies and your Johns, and they don't want that. Now, I'm against that. I'm deeply against that. I, I solicit that from our ministry, that they need to learn how to read and write. If Jesus chooses to tarry, they need a great education, that they won't give them to thievery, won't give them to fortune-telling, won't give, give them to a lucrative lifestyle. So, but, uh, but that's where we're at right now. I'm continuing. We have two ministries in United States, three in Cleveland, Ohio, and I started one in uh, West Hollywood. And we've been there nine years already. We celebrated nine years on Easter Sunday. And this past Easter Sunday, we launched another ministry in Kissimmee, Florida, with the Roma people. And just April that just passed, it turned a year old. And uh, we're, I'm preaching to fortune tellers, fortune tellers. My congregation is mostly fortune tellers. And uh, what you say, Brother Evans, that maybe you're not preaching on sin enough. No, I, I preach against sin. I preach on a new life in Christ. I preach on old things have passed away. Matter of fact, when me and Sally got saved, we brought our tarot cards and our crystal balls and we laid them at the altar. For the Bible teaches us that if any man be in Christ, what is he? A new creature. And then what happens? Old things have passed away, but all things become new. So we knew that we couldn't do that no more. We knew it because we had a relationship with Jesus. So I have fortune tellers coming in my, uh, my ministry. And you say, well, Brother Evans, how they're sticking around? Well, by the grace of God, they're staying. I preach against sin. I'd rather have them in here than out there. Amen? Because one day, they sure will get it right. One day, they'll sure get it right. And uh, we are planning, hopefully, your pastor, Eric, and I are talking about, uh, I asked him, and uh, uh, what about a missions trip in Romania? And I, and, uh, I said, I'll be your interrupter or your interpreter. And you're looking forward one day, amen? Hopefully this fall of the year, and maybe you guys could get together or something, and we could go together there, and I could show you what you guys have invested in, amen? And that'd be an exciting time, an exciting time. Are we on schedule, Brother Eaton? What do we do now? The fortune teller. The for, they're very the super. Money, the, money the money, it's five digits. With a prominent fortune teller, it's five digits. And uh, also superstition, too. Superstition. Those two things. Superstition, they're very superstitious people. And uh, the fortune telling, they just, it's hard for them to let it go because that's all they know. They don't know anything else. That's all they know. So you can see the undertaking for that, it's a great job. And that's why we need your, need your prayers that God would intercede in their lives about that and they find a secular business that could do you know to replace the fortune telling yes my grandfather put pressure on me my grandfather now i'm part russian 
So don't hold that against me because you got a pastor that's part Russian too. And uh, uh, I'm part Russian. My grandfather comes from Siberia. My last real name is Metrovich. Metro now, do I look like a Metrovich? No, right? <laughs> so we changed it from Ivanovich to Evan. So I said that. My grandfather was a staunch Russian gypsy. And uh, uh, he was Russian Orthodox. And when he heard that I got saved, he blew a gasket. He blew a gasket. And uh, uh, he much looked like, who's that leader in Russia? What's that guy with the big mustache? Stalin. People used to call him Stalin. And... Uh, he blew a gasket. He said, what are you doing? He goes, but all the gypsy language. He said, you're going to be in the soup line for the rest of your life. And I like just became a newborn Christian. And I kind of got the jitters from him, you know. And uh, so I called my non-gypsy pastor. I used to be a Nazarene car director too. And uh, I called my non-gypsy pastor. He said, Lawrence, the Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor the seed begging for bread. And he said, my, then my grandfather said, you got to go back to fortune telling because you're taking the gypsy culture down in our lives. And I said, how am I doing that? There's no way. Now let me tell you about the gypsy fortune tellers. See that flag right there? We are represented that flag. It represents who we are, what we stand for. Is that true or false? Okay. We can never imagine that flag coming down. I don't know what the future holds. Okay. I can't see what the future. All I know is what the future is in here. But we cannot imagine that flag coming down. Right, Brother Neaton? There's no way. There's no way. Well, the gypsy fortune-telling sign is our flag for the gypsies. And when that comes down, they feel they're losing the gypsy culture, the gypsy traditions, and so forth. That's why my grandfather was so upset with me. You know, but it's amazing. I led that man to the Lord. I led him to the Lord. He was 89 years old. And I led him to Christ in his hospital room. Hospital room. Anyone else? I, yes. And just uh, on the education front, is there any uh, any possibility of starting like gypsy schools? Well, like, we're, we're the yes, yes. We uh, well backed by us in Florida. Uh, they don't want to send kids to school more so now because all that's being transpired. But we're we're getting tutors to come to their home. We already have two families that have tutors already. But in Romania, I just met a pastor, and, uh, and praise the Lord, he took me on for support. And he said, Lawrence, is there, was I, I said the statement just now. He said, Lawrence, what could we do? Now, his, his daughter is an educational teacher. So we're planning a trip eventually to go to Romania, and we're, we're hopefully starting a school in Sally's Kitchen. And we'll use that as dual purpose for feeding, and also for education, too. So we're hoping we could do that. So we're trying to get together sometime, maybe not this year, next year, Lord willing, as it works out. So we're planning to do that. Hopefully it turns out good. Yeah. Anyone else uh, question? How receptive are they to non-gypsies? In America, no. <laughs> no, no. In Europe, yes, they're accepted. That's why you guys have a great time in Europe, because they don't take, like now, I'm here. They won't come because a non-gypsy is going to be in my pulpit. Uh, Tommy Odom has pastoral staff. I think he has five guys on our pastoral staff. And, uh, and they won't come because I'm not there. Just maybe a couple will come and that's it. So they're not receptive to answer your question. In Europe, you'll come. You can start a church. We have several people, two people that are non-gypsy 
that are helping the gypsies now in starting ministries that surrender to the mission field for the gypsies. So they're receptive to them, yes. Very good question, very good question. Anyone else? How about what we eat? <laughs> what do you eat? <laughs> well, let me tell you, since you asked that question, let me tell you, we eat a dish. Now, don't, don't get scared about what I'm about to say. We eat a dish, and it's not roadkill either. But we eat a dish, it's called samaria. Samaria. Now, there's another word that's a little nasty, but uh, that's Americanized, but we, it's samaria. What it is, it's pork and rice and cabbage, and it's spicy in a red sauce. My sister-in-law is making that for me tonight after I leave you guys in stuffed bell peppers in an oven. And she bought all the colors, yellow, green, orange, and that's what they eat. That's, they, they love that dish. My dad asked if you wanted to go to lunch after. Oh, really? You're like, I'm out of here. I'm gone. So you I'm going to the Somalia. <laughs> and uh, also that recipe, my wife has a recipe. Please take a prayer card. Uh, and we put a recipe so you don't throw the prayer card away, okay? And uh, it, it's, it's gypsy strudel. It's absolutely delicious. But you know, Brother Ethan, I think we stole it from the Jews. Because the Jewish people have a strudel. It looks like our strudel. And I think we took it from them. So, but whatever you want to call it, Jewish strudel, gypsy strudel, it's delicious. Lack of education and whatnot, what is it like training Pastors and oh, that's, that is so hard for me. Because that, that's, that's my foreseeing. What am I going to do to train them, to send them to Bible school or whatever, you know? And uh, I have one young man in my ministry. His name is Anthony Costello. Handsome dude, 21 years old. I took him under my wing, and uh, he's Sally's nephew. It's her brother's grandson. And uh, uh, I, he's the only one with an education. Only one with an education. Very smart young man, intelligent. And uh, he's, only, he's the only my hope right now that I have. But I have that difficulty, what you said right now. I think about that constantly. I think about that and pray about that too, yes. In gypsy churches. The leadership? Yeah. Of no fortune telling. Uh, many of them stop drinking. Many of them spot, stop smoking tobacco. Like in Thinka, Romania, there's a mom and pop shop that was kept open on Sunday specifically for the gypsy people. And why would they go there on Sunday? Because it was their leisure day, I guess. They would buy alcohol. They would buy tobacco, those two things. Well, when the church started to take focus in Tinka, T-I-N-C-A, Romania, when the church took focus, uh, the mayor of Tinka sent a letter to the one that was in charge there and said he was praising God for the, for the ministry that was set, the Baptist ministry that was set in the village because, because of them. They stopped selling alcohol in their mom and pop shops and tobacco because the gypsies got saved. They wasn't smoking no more and they wasn't drinking no more and the guy had to close up on Sunday. He wasn't open no more on Sunday. So, but yeah, that's, that, that's kind of the leadership there. People love the Lord. There's four, if there's four pastors, they went all four to preach. Over here, we barely could get to what time? 11, 30, 12. They're looking at their wall. Oh, he's going overtime. You know, my roast is cooking. It's going to burn. But there, they want everyone to preach. They love the preaching. You guys come down, they'll love the preaching. They love the preaching. Yes? Yeah, uh, what finally convinced you that you were 
I believe it's, uh, I believe the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a guider to all truth. And I believe it's the third part of the Trinity that convinces them that salvation is true uh, and the Word of God is true. And they come to their need. Many a times the bottom has to fall out before they look up. And that's what happened to me. The bottom fell out of my life. I, I used to be a wealthy young man at that time, uh, my wife and I. But the bottom had to fall out, not financially, but just emotionally and everything. And to the point that I, someone told me about Jesus and they said, go to this church, the Assemblies of God church, a church of 1,500 people. I was up there in the balcony and the man preached on peace, John 14, verse 27. The love Jesus gives, the peace that Jesus gives. And I said, I needed that because that's what I'm looking for. And I went and got saved, but it had, the bottom had to drop out for me. And many of them also, like Trey, bottom drops out and they only look up to Jesus. They have a religion. Some claim Catholicism. Some claim Greek Orthodox like I had. But it's just a name only. They don't practice it. It's just a name only. And uh, so when they come to know Christ, I'm going to tell you, it's a transfer of life. It's a transfer of life. Matter of fact, when they come to know Jesus, i got to show you this. This is great. This is great for you pastors. This goes with them to the Lord. They give to the Lord when they accept Jesus Christ. And they don't even learn, they haven't been learned on tithing, most of them. And they give to the Lord when they fall in love with him. So, but yeah, that's, that's to answer your question. I hope I did. Anyone else? Yes? The Ukrainians that you picked up at the border, what do you do with them? What do you do with them? I'm sorry? How do you help the Ukrainians? Okay, well, of course, our ministry is going there to the borderline, and some of it went over the border on western Ukraine because that's safe in that area. It's safe in that area. So uh, for the gypsies that want to leave, because they have no housing, everything's demolished. So whatever they had was gone. So uh, they're hopping on the vans and coming to it. Now, it's only temporarily. It's only for a short time. Uh, matter of fact, your ministry, can I, am I allowed to say, Pastor? has given $500 uh, to feed them a while for that week, okay? And so we bring them over. Now, we got a medical building there that the gypsies to Nuremberg, Germany, Nuremberg, Germany, have purchased, uh, purchased a property, and they also funded a medical building because uh, our people are not allowed to come in the medical, uh, medical places. Uh, they're treated as third-class citizens. Matter of fact, when I was there, a young girl just had a baby. Now, and I'm, I hope I'm answering cash. Am I? Okay. A young girl just had a child and it was sick, an infant. She went in the village to the medical place, a small little medical building, and when she, at uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, she went and they shushed her out. They threw her out. They said, you have to come back after hours. And when you come back, you need to come through the back door, not the front door. So she waited, preacher, all that time with her infant. By the time she got back, after hours, she went through the back doors. The infant was already dead. It passed away. So a medical center was built. And they're still treated roughly in Romania. They are still treated roughly. And third-class citizens, untouchable, unclean. People are scared, scared of them. You'll see it in the book that I gave you. And... Uh, so now the medical thing was, now you're Ukrainian gypsies. That's I, I know I went over a river and through the woods. But, <laughs> but the Ukrainian gypsies, were took, were, we, our ministry was, went after them, brought them back. We have 
a little over 40 people now, and they're still bringing them in. So they're housing them in that medical facility. We, we purchase a bunk a cots for them to sleep on. It's only temporarily. It, it's not forever. It's just temporal. And why? Because they tell us they want to go back to Ukraine. When the war's over, they want to go back home, they said. Which, I, that's quite understandable. I, I don't know what they're going back home to, but they want to go back home. But get this. Disappointments turn out to be blessings. True or false? How many was ever there? Disappointments. Well, these people are getting saved. These gypsies from Ukraine are getting saved where they're coming to in our village. They're getting saved, accepting Christ, and being baptized. And I, I put Pastor Gitsefeketa, and they had a church service. I didn't know that going on. And your pastor seen him at their church service. You know, uh, and I'm not sure if any Ukrainians were there, but I, uh, there had to have been some there eventually. So, but yeah, to answer your question, we're, we're only treating them temporarily there because they want, they want to leave. Now, EU uh, uh, has put housing up, but it's Western Europe. So eventually, they're supposed to be transferred, I was told, in Western Europe to the, where their temporal, uh, temporary housing is located. I don't know how far that's going to go, but uh, they want to stay there. They don't want to move along because they're closer to the border of, uh, of Ukraine from where they're at. Anyone else? Yes, young lady. What kind of clothes? Well, you, you'll see on my display, they dress very colorful. They wear the babushkas, that means a headscarf, and uh, they wear these flower skirts. And these flower skirts are sometimes this wide. And they wear these peasant-looking blouses, you'll see on my display. But there's a reason why their skirts are so full like that. Because they sold themselves inner pockets in their skirts. Inner pockets. And do you know what the inner pockets are for? Can someone take a guess? To steal. And when they steal whatever they're stealing, food or whatever, they have so many pockets, preacher, that they just load them in like that and load them in and, and so forth. Now, do I agree with that? No, I don't whatsoever. But uh, they need Jesus. Amen? And when they get Jesus, uh, those skirts get a little smaller. They get a little smaller. <laughs> <laughs> is there like a moral code like you can steal from can they steal from each other or is that yeah there's honor amongst thieves gotcha yeah there's honor amongst thieves yeah yes sir I was just curious you said earlier that uh, fortune telling and superstition is really the main yes. concerns that they have I was just curious to find out what is the main superstitious Oh, well, one of them is a black cat. Uh, when they see a black cat crossing the street, they won't cross the street because they believe that you'll get seven years bad luck. So they'll, they'll park their car on the side of the road and let another car pass to get the bad luck. And uh, so that's one of the superstitions. One of them is if you break a mirror, uh, if a mirror cracks in your home, you have to put salt on it and you have to put cut pieces of bread and lay it on the mirror because you don't want to get seven years bad luck. And one of them is if a broom touches your feet uh, by mistake, a, a house broom, uh, it's bad luck and you have to spit on the broom. And I just realized that's not only our culture, it's someone else's culture in Eastern Europe. So it's silly things like that, but it's big to them. 
it's really big to them. So uh, believe it or not, and don't think it bad of me, but sometimes old habits are hard to kick. Well, because you're raised up in this, I was going down a side street, I got lost, and a black cat crossed the street. I said, oh, no, I'm going great. <laughs> and I pulled to the side, I kid you not, I'm, I'm confessing something to you. I pulled to the side, and I'm looking, does that black cat have white paws? Does it have a white marking on it that I could pass through? I said, oh, Lord, you're crazy. And I took off and I went, and I passed it off. But, I, you know, it, because it's your nature, you're brought up like that, but uh, have no fear, I did go on my way. And no other car came across and got the bad luck. So, yes. Well, uh, roughly, what's the, in the U.S., what, how many gypsies one are minute. there? In one million. One minute. And are they in pockets? Like yes, they're in pockets. Areas? Major city areas. Yeah. You, you won't find them in rural areas like this because of their thievery. It's hard to get away from the police department or the government. So you find them in major city areas because they get lost in the fog. And that's where you find them. Like we have in South Florida, in Miami area, we have anywhere as four to 5,000. Kissimmee, once again, anywhere as four to 5,000. Wintertime, it's double because they come down south for the winter and the vacation there. Yeah, so Dallas, New City, Jersey, uh, uh, all the, tri uh, that tri-state area, any major city they're located in, yes. Lord, we're at the end. Could you just share with us the last minute or two, how can we pray for you? Oh, yes. You, your ministry, what's, what's heavy on your heart that we can be a blessing? How can we be oh, a blessing? That's a tough one. There's so much. That they get saved. And then I get a Timothy, raise a Timothy because of the education. And that breaks my heart most of the time. And uh, if you could pray for me for that. It's not so much my support. I'm okay. <laughs> but it, uh, that my gypsies will be raised before they, meet, before they reach whatever, before they pass away that they know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And the second most important thing that I could have a Timothy, that I could understudy, and that educational part really puts me away. I'm concerned about that, that I could understudy that Timothy and leave there, and I could go elsewhere and, and, and start planning another ministry. So if those two things, I would cover your prayers, and that would be it. That would be it. By spending that time in prayer for you, for those needs. I asked my dad if he would go up and just pray with you and lead us as we, we share that burden with you. It's not enough for us to just send money, but we want to be fellow laborers. Amen. And it's a prayer and give. Amen. Just work. It's not going to get you out. You know, Lawrence mentioned before the Sunday school, we, we called on the talked to a pastor there. So they have four churches. It's, it's four o'clock in the afternoon and they're having church service and the building was filled with people and they were singing. And um, I guess the way that it works with the four churches is four different towns and the pastor's like a circuit riding preacher. So I asked Lawrence why why don't they just all they're all 20 minutes apart. Why don't they all just come together? And um, none of them have vehicles. So they'd have to all walk from 
e each of these towns. So that's instead of the people coming to the church building, the preacher goes to the people yes. and uh, preaches to them. So he'll have four services going on uh, throughout. There may be more than four services. I don't know, but uh, he comes home in the evening, yeah. late in the evening. It's a long, long day. Yeah. So long day. Long day. Okay, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you, and first of all, Lord, we're so thankful that you love us, mm. and we're thankful for your mercy and for your grace, for the salvation that we have through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We think of Brother Lawrence and the ministry that you have called him to, uh, both here in the United States and there in Romania, and in other areas of Europe as well, to the gypsy people. Lord, we pray for their salvation. We pray that, Holy Spirit, you'd move upon the hearts and minds of these folks, that they would realize without Christ there is no hope. We pray for Brother Lawrence as he leads the uh, two ministries here, that you would bless those ministries, that many gypsies would come to know Christ as their Savior. And for the ministry of Sally's Kitchen and the churches there in Romania, that for the gospels going forth, Lord, we just pray by faith that... Um, Again, souls would be saved, lives would be changed, churches would be established. We think of these refugees that they're ministering to right now, um, that they would come to know Christ as their Savior, and that when they return back to Ukraine, they'd take the gospel with them. And uh, through this, uh, not only would Romanian uh, gypsies come to know Christ, but Ukrainian gypsies would come to know Christ. And uh, just meet the needs, Lord, that only you can meet whether it be financial or the physical needs, uh, obviously the sp spiritual needs of the folks there. You with the leadership in Romania, Lord, just give them the energy and give them the wisdom, the skill, and the understanding uh, to deal with the issues that are at hand there. We ask this now in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.